Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane, president of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. And I'm Terry Reed, a director at SAPSA. We are here to reassure you that you can believe the Bible from the first verse. Terry, we are at what a lot of people in our country would call a crisis. A lot of people do not trust law enforcement. Law enforcement is also afraid. We have the Black Lives Matter movement. In August 2015, a Harris County deputy sheriff was shot to death while getting gas. More recently, police officers in Dallas were killed by a sniper. The perpetrators of these crimes would say that they were acting in response to police targeting black people. I think it is about time that we talk about this problem from a biblical perspective. I know this problem has been around for many decades and escalated with Ferguson. What does the Bible have to say about this problem? This is another case of problems that would basically go away if people would just believe the Bible. How's that? The Bible tells us that we are all descendants of Adam and Eve. The Bible tells us that even more recently we were all descendants of Noah and his wife. Why is that relevant? Well, according to the Bible, since we are all descendants of Noah and his wife, we are all part of the same human family. Then why do we have different races? According to the Bible, we don't. There's just one race, the human race. So rather than just saying black lives matter, it would make more sense from a biblical perspective to say human lives matter. And now you're getting to the crux of it. The New Testament reinforces this. In a previous program, we talked about Paul's debate with the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers in Athens. In his discourse, Paul described how God, who made the heavens and the earth, made us of one blood, saying, And hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on the face of the earth. Then why do we have this idea of race? You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. Terry, what we call race is really a misnomer. We have different people groups. The Bible explains in Genesis 11 how God divided the people up into different groups by giving them different languages at the Tower of Babel. In a few generations, the group of people would have developed characteristics particular to their group. That sounds a little like evolution. Does that mean groups of people are different? Not significantly enough to call them another race or species. We know this because people from different groups can marry each other and have kids, no problem. Also, it is not unusual when doing tissue matches for organ transplants for the best tissue matches for a white to be from a black person or a Hispanic from a white and so on. We are all people. As we have discussed before, Darwinists love to take these variations that we know do happen and call that evolution, equating it to the general theory of evolution, which is the idea of all life coming from a so-called simple single-celled organism. But genetically, we are all the same species and race with only some differences in skin and hair color, stature, and minor physical features. But what did Darwin say? People give him credit as a very scientific person and a good observer. In The Descent of Man, Darwin stated, at some future period, not very distant as measured by centuries, the civilized races of man will almost certainly exterminate and replace the savage races throughout the world. At the same time, the anthropomorphous apes, as Professor Schlossausen has remarked, 
will no doubt be exterminated. The break between man and his nearest allies will then be wider, for it will intervene between man and a more civilized state, as we may hope, even than the Caucasian, and some ape as low as the baboon, instead of, as now, be b- being between the Negro or Australian and the gorilla. Did I hear you right? Did Darwin say that Negroes and Australians are closer to gorillas than Caucasians? As unbelievable as it sounds, that is correct. Our listeners can check it out for themselves. This, incidentally, is the dirty little secret in Darwin's evolutionary scheme. It is inherently racist since, if we are all evolving, then it stands to reason that one race, being different from another, must be inherently more evolved and another less evolved. It sounds like the Bible has the solution to our problem, and not Charles Darwin. But did Charles Darwin create prejudice? No. Darwin gave people what they thought was a scientific basis for what has been termed racism. But the Bible talks about prejudice. Even the apostles had to overcome prejudice. The apostles were prejudiced? Sad but true. They thought the messages of Christ was only for the Jews. They could not imagine God coming to save the Gentiles. In Acts chapter 10, Peter states to a man named Cornelius that it was unlawful for a Jew even to enter the home of a Gentile or associate with a Gentile. But God had come to Peter in a vision. Peter states to Cornelius, But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. Wow. That is pretty bad if the apostles thought of known Jews as being impure or unclean. It sounds like they did not even think of non-Jews as being human beings. That seems true. But that is the power of the message of the Bible starting with Genesis. We are all special beings created in the image of God. But we have all been separated from God by sin. That puts us all in the same boat. We are all sinners that need a Savior. And God provided us with that Savior in Jesus of Nazareth. But what about this issue with law enforcement? Before you can have law enforcement, you have to have the law. That is what makes the Bible really special. God gave the law through Moses. What is so special about that? Kings made laws that people had to abide by. That's the whole point. People sometimes get bogged down in some of the hard things in the law given through Moses. But what they miss is the law given by God applied to everyone. So everyone was equal. Everyone was subject to the law. They did not have a king arbitrarily making laws that would benefit him and the people that supported him and no one else. Later on, when the nation of Israel had kings, the king was still subject to the law. God punished David severely for committing adultery and murder. As a matter of fact, you read in Paul's letter to the Romans and in the letter that James wrote that it is the law that shows us our sin. It is a good thing we have law or else we would have anarchy. Again, that is what the Bible teaches us. In chapter 13 of Paul's letter to the Romans, he teaches that we need to respect those in authority. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, Paul says. Paul tells us that God gives us law enforcement agents to enforce his laws. Paul states authorities are placed there by God to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. While governments and laws may not be perfect because of man's input into them, God has told us in the Bible that all governments were instituted by God so that we would not have anarchy. Does that mean we always have to do what those in authority say? Sometimes they are wrong and may abuse their power. That is true. In Acts 5, 
the religious leaders were telling the apostles to stop preaching about Jesus. Peter responded by saying, we must obey God rather than human authority. Then did the apostles go and start fighting and killing those in authority? Of course not. Their response was to boldly proclaim the gospel. They would accept being lashed and thrown into prison or even killed, but they would not back down from speaking the truth. People knew that they were speaking the truth because they were certainly not gaining anything from it in this life other than knowing that they were being obedient to God. What they were gaining was an eternal blessing. And claiming to be an eyewitness of the risen Christ, they themselves would know what the truth was. There is much more that could be said on this topic. If you would like for more information on it, there's a book which will detail much of what the Bible teaches on our race. It is called One Blood from the Answers in Genesis and it is available on their website. We've been having this discussion on races and racism today. To complete the discussion today, we're going to have a discussion with Ed Salswadell, who is not only our producer here for our radio programs, he is also a board member with SABSA and the Sunday School Director at our mutual church. Ed, with this whole race idea today, are Christians bigoted for upholding law and order and saying that the borders need to be secure? From a particular perspective... People want to say yes. The answer is no, because we are one, a nation of laws. We basically, as Christians, we uphold God's word. And in God's word, there are certain things that God wants us to do. As Christians, we are supposed to be individuals that are keepers of the law. And we probably get dinged because we hold on to the law what appears to be too tightly. Following the laws, following the rules. And for those that are non-Christians and those that are liberal and very liberal, what we do is not in their ballpark and not in their interest because they're interested in other things that are not within God's word, God's perspective. Well, most conservatives and many Christians, and I'm in the place of speaking for them now, it's not a question of racism about we don't want Mexicans coming across the border or people from South America or whatever else. It's Do we get to control whether good people or bad people come across that border? Do we get to figure out what their background is, or is it just willy-nilly? And that, I don't think it's a racism thing, but it's being painted as a racism thing. Unfortunately, it is. And the sad part is, is that being a nation of laws, there are people that like to bend the laws or ignore the laws when they seem to think that it fits their agenda, for which we've probably seen in a previous uh, administration or two, to say the least. Because God's laws are important. We follow the laws. It's important that we follow the laws. Because if not, eventually as Christians, we will, down the road, we will answer to this when we wind up seeing the Lord at the final day of judgment. Race, illegal immigration, homosexuality, transgenderism are all being used to divide us today. Divide us not only as a society, but within the church. What do we do? Well, perspective-wise, as Christians, we're supposed to open up the doors for individuals that appear to be transgenders or homosexuals because they need to hear the gospel, who Jesus Christ is and how transformative Christianity and knowing Christ as personal Savior can be. Now, should we shut them out? The answer is no. Should we allow people to come in to to our churches and things, to our functions? Yes. The only way they're going to find out about who Christ is and and see other people, how he functions, is to come in to the church and come into other church activities to realize that God isn't a God of hatred. God is actually a God of love and that he wants to be part of your life on a continuing basis, 24-7, 365. 
But do we get to change what's right and wrong? No, absolutely not. We need to continue on as as Christians to ensure that we follow God's rules because if not, then we then our whole society will start coming apart. I want to say on at the seams and on the wheels, and it's kind of really sad that we have other people that want this to actually happen within our country. And if we wind up having this happen, we're going to have some real problems down the road. So that's a real fine line we're going to have to walk. Yes. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.